0: Seattle. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal, a show about famous people and the stories behind the foods they love most. Today on the program, actor, activist, and musician, Rose McGowan. Rose has been in approximately one million movies. She starred in the TV show Charmed, and she was one of the first to speak out about sexual assault and expose Harvey Weinstein at the beginning of the Me Too movement. She also just released her first album, Planet Nine. Rose has been living in London, so she was thrilled when her favorite comfort food finally crossed the pond. They opened a Taco
1: Bell in London, but they use black beans. That is
0: not, you do not mess with the formula, yo. When I was a teenager, my blood type was Taco Bell mild sauce. So it was a complete honor to have Taco Bell's PR manager and self-described Taco Bell historian on the show. Matt Prince is here to talk about everything from the Taco Bell Wedding Chapel in Vegas to the very first Taco Bell that opened in California in 1962.
2: The gentleman came up and asked for a taco. He didn't even know how to pronounce it. That was kind of the overall feeling of, of Mexican food in the time. There really wasn't a lot of knowledge.
0: Well, they had to have pronouncers on the menu. Oh it's, it's all coming up in oh the story. My God, I'm so excited. It's so good. <laughs> taco Bell. But first, my conversation with Rose McGowan. There are Taco Bell restaurants in 26 countries outside of the United States. But the only market that they failed in is Mexico, which is ironically where our little Taco Bell lover chose to ride out the pandemic.
1: My lease was up and I was like, I'm going to go somewhere beautiful, sit the quarantine out there and and pay a third of the rent in Mexico. And and I've been coming to Mexico for, you know, 20 years. So where are you in Mexico? I'm in Coba, which is about an hour outside of Tulum. And it's. um. It's just a lot of pyramids and jungle and beautiful. That's awesome. Bad Wi-Fi, but other than that, pretty good.
0: (laughs) Rose had what many would consider an unorthodox childhood. She was born and raised in Italy, where her dad ran the Italian chapter of Children of God.
1: You know, people call it a cult, what I grew up in, and that has, you know, a lot of negative connotations. I grew up in a group called the Children of God, and it certainly did, you know, later on become quite dangerous and, and bad, but the original ideology and why my parents joined is they were just trying to live a utopian life, but I think ultimately, because they come from the system, they couldn't really get free of the system. But the kids were raised, including myself, in a very interesting way in that we were just raised very differently from, from most people, I'm kind of hyper-educated. I was reading full books at two and a half. I've gotten dumber as the years have gone on, don't worry, but I used to be a very smart kid. <laughs> and, um It's something that a lot of people are like, oh, it's so weird how you grew up. And I'm always like, well, it's weird how you live, frankly.
0: According to Rose's memoir, her family left Children of God when it started advocating for sexual relationships between adults and children. Her dad took the kids and moved the family to the United States. But before Rose left Italy, it says you were a child model in Vogue Bambini. And I just love that it's called Vogue Bambini.
1: Isn't that cute? It's very cute. And they have a vogue for kids. They're so stylish in Italy. <laughs> um, yes, but I was a boy. I, I played, like, I always had the boy role. And my sister Daisy had, like, fluffy, big blonde hair and blue eyes. So in the uh, pictures, I was always, like, I was holding, like, flowers and giving them to her. But I always kind of had, like, a surly expression on my face a little bit like this sucks why am I giving daisy flowers looking back I'm like oh I was the cute little boy that's what my role was so it wasn't like because I was a pretty little girl that I was a child model I think it was more that I was a pretty boy
0: and then you came to the U.S. when you were 10 and you landed in Eugene talk about your time in Portland and your involvement with the drag community and then moving to Seattle your whole Pacific Northwest life
1: Pacific Northwest life was real. The first place I actually landed was a place called Gig Harbor, Washington, when I was 10. And I had to go to a school, I went from a hippie commune to a military school in Washington State, kind of a very redneck kind of area. And that was a really horrible transition. And that's kind of when I invented my own imaginary friend, which I called Planet Nine. And then Eugene was like, like I did my first hit of acid at the eighth grade dance, you know, in middle school, someone's like, do you want to hallucinate? I'm like, sure. Like, you don't know what hallucinate is until you actually do it first of all. And of course, then it changed the course of my life. My mom's husband was like, she has the makings of a drug addict. Let's lock her up. So I got locked up in rehab. I was supposed to be there for a long time. And I was like, and I kept telling that you can't be addicted to hallucinogens. First of all, but I didn't even know that yet. They would be like, you're a drug addict, the people at the rehab. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, you're in denial. I'm like, this is so good. I cannot get out of this. So I escaped and I ran away with two drag queens. Now we would call them trans women or trans girls. Um, but back then they were just called drag queens, you know, and they became my very fast friends, my protectors and my loves. And, And I actually, you know, I was homeless, but uh, at 13 for almost a year. And though I got really bored of being hungry and tired at the end, I had a lot of fun. It was like weird, like Huckleberry Finn, but with drag queens in tow.
0: I mean, you grew up in Italy, but you were really young when you left. Do you have a connection still to the country and to the food culinarily, like things you remember from when you were a kid?
1: Oh, yeah. God. Um, I mean, I pretty much lived on just pasta. That was my jam. But when I came to America, I cried because I knew my life as I knew it, at least food-wise, was over because um, some church lady from the school took me to Denny's, and I didn't know what that was. And I was like, what? And they had pictures of everything, and they had a picture of a plate of spaghetti. And I got very excited. And speaking rapid-fire Italian, I pointed at it and ordered it, and it came, and it was like one congealed blob of yuck. I started to cry. So I was like, no, it's never going to be the same. That said, England has terrible food. They need to get it together.
0: Still, I thought that it had changed with Langi.
1: Maybe some of the fancier restaurants, but if you're like low key, just ordering in is disgusting. I go to bed hungry there a lot, actually, because I don't know how to cook really well. So I do go to bed hungry.
0: Rose, there is no reason to go to bed hungry. There's toast, there's cereal, there's cheese and crackers, there's apples and peanut butter. Actually, I have to confess, and Laura is here with me recording, so I want to know what what your go-to would be for like if it's late at night and you're hungry and you don't want to cook anything. Mm-hmm. So last night I was in that position, and I didn't want to make anything. I didn't want to snack on anything unhealthy because I'd already brushed my teeth, so this was like a real serious snack situation. So <laughs> I dumped out a can of corn that I had bought for... Quarantine. You know, at the beginning in March when we were serious. Quarantine. 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 Yes. This was like one of those things I bought when I thought we had to stock up. And I dumped a whole can of corn in a bowl and I put some butter and salt in and I ate it in my bed. And I felt like it was a very sad snack, but also it was kind of good. I love corn. So I'm fully on board with this. Is this a corn fashion? corn fashion. That's basically just (laughs) unpopped popcorn, right? You're right. It is. Is that a crazy analysis? I don't think so. I think it's actually <laughs> science. So Rose, next time you think you're going to go to bed hungry, can of corn. Can of corn. Yeah. You heard it here on our You got two endorsements. Two corn confessions. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Rose McGowan's last meal. <laughs> Rose McGowan grew up in Italy, but she moved to the U.S. when she was 10 years old. So her last meal is an amalgamation of these two childhoods. It would be
1: chicken milanese made in um, Milan, preferably. So it's done right. Sauteed spinach with garlic and olive oil. uh, Roasted new potatoes with rosemary and olive oil. And probably a nice. I don't know a Gaia a red wine from a region in Italy that I really like it's a super Tuscan it's a great wine but I would also my alternate one would be Taco Bell two bean burritos no onions add sour cream one hard shell taco and a medium Pepsi thank you
0: Okay, I was gonna ask you about this because when I was Googling around, I always Google the person I'm gonna in an interview and then I word- I add the words food and eating after their name. And the only thing about food that came up for you was Taco Bell over and over Shut again. Yeah. No way. Yes. That's
1: I mean, they have a Taco Bell hotel. Go on. Yes, in Palm Springs, California. And I'm like, I must go there. They have Taco Bell room service. It's not Mexican food. It's just Taco Bell. It's very specifically its own thing. And I first, I was not allowed to eat anything like that growing up at all. But when I was homeless, the kids I was running with would um, eat Taco Bell. We'd save up, we'd turn in cans or things like that for the money back for the 10 cents. In Oregon, it's 10 cents. And that's when I fell in love with Taco Bell and it's still like my main comfort food. And in fact, I did a documentary called Citizen Rose. It's on Amazon, but there's one scene and my aunt called me. And she's like, Rose, something really serious was going on in that scene. Ronan Farrow and the fact checker at New Yorker were telling you that, you know, your life had been infiltrated by, you know, an Israeli spy, da 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 to steal your book. But she's like, honestly, Rose, all I could focus on was that you were wearing a Taco Bell sweatshirt. Did you have to wear a Taco Bell sweatshirt on TV? I'm like, yes, yes, I did.
0: Well, just so you know, you know how you can change the background when you're doing a Zoom meeting? I did one yeah. yesterday that made it look like I was at Taco Bell. So that is an option for you no. going forward. Yes. I can't
1: figure out the Zoom background thing. I don't know why it won't let me do it. It's really annoying.
0: Ask someone. I had wanted- to have help. I couldn't figure okay. it out either. So oh, okay, good. Is that been your has that been your order since you were thirteen years old? Yes. And have you tried anything else or did you just cling to that one and you love it forever? What, uh, yeah. One time
1: I tried something else and it was that damn Doritos Loco Taco. And I was like, that is so disgusting. I'm never doing that. And then finally it was like six months along and I was like, fine, I'll try it. See, the only time I got really quite ill from Taco Bell. It just, that was too much for my stomach.
0: And do you do any of the hot sauces? Uh, yeah. I like just the hot sauce. Only one packet on each burrito. I love this so much. So this is kind of like the highs and lows because your first choice is this meal that you'd prefer to have in Italy. And then the second one is any Taco Bell in America. Does that kind of describe you in any way, a high and low person?
1: Yes, exactly. That is really an interesting and astute observation or question. And I have to say my accountant is like, you spend the least amount of money on food of anybody I work with. And I just thought, I don't really understand the concept of like spending a lot of money on lavish meals and wine because it just goes away of course i like a nice meal but if, if i'm in italy or somewhere with amazing food i'll eat a lot but otherwise i just kind of eat to survive i could take a pill and not even care like i don't care oh i like candy. i like candy people. a lot i'm one of those people i like candy i like like laffy taffy now and later anything is fluorescent i really like
0: For her last meal, Rose McGowan wants either chicken Milanese eaten in Milan with garlicky sautéed spinach and roasted rosemary new potatoes with a glass of Gaia red wine made in Tuscany or Taco Bell bean burritos no onions
1: add sour cream one hard shell
0: taco and a medium pepsi thank you there is something called a third place so your first place is your home your second place is where you work if you have a job and then your third place is where you spend your third biggest chunk of time and in high school my third place was taco bell or maybe just the Taco Bell parking lot because we would go through the drive-thru and then just hang out in the parking lot for hours. My friends and I would go to Taco Bell almost every day after school, and I think it's pretty common to have a standard order there, just like Rose has. So I asked some friends of the show to share their standard Taco Bell orders.
1: Two bean burritos, extra sauce, extra cheese, extra onions.
0: Two beef crunchy taco Supremes.
2: I would, without fail, order the Mexican pizza, a Dr. Pepper, and a churro.
0: A Mexican pizza with light meat, two crunchy tacos, lots of mild sauce, bean burrito, easy on the onions, and a Coke. That was Natalie, who was one of my high school best friends, and... It's funny what you think is cool in high school. One of the things that I thought was really cool about Natalie was that we would go through the drive-thru, we would order, we would eat our food in the parking lot, and then I remember the first time she said this. I thought it was so cool. She said, I like to eat, and then I like to go back through the drive-thru and get cinnamon twists for dessert. And I thought this was so classy to do a double drive-thru. Now we're having our second course of dessert. (laughs) All right, let's listen to one more recording of Cassie's classic Taco Bell order.
2: My standard order is a number 10 with one of the tacos, soft shell instead of hard shell. Add tomatoes to the tacos, but do not add sour cream and a medium Dr. Pepper. However, in a very, very sad turn, Taco Bell discontinued combo number 10 about one month ago today.
0: Thoughts, prayers, and condolences to Cassie as she gets through this emotional time. My last regular Taco Bell order, thank you for asking, is leftover from my college days. I would get a cheesy gordita crunch, add sour cream, and a chicken quesadilla no green sauce, cup for water. That's when you were eating inside. And for those of you who don't know, I have a sour cream addiction. And I've always been obsessed with the large metal industrial sour cream gun that Taco Bell uses to squirt sour cream all over their food. So I talked about this gun so often that several years ago an ex-boyfriend planned to surprise me with one for Hanukkah but he said that he didn't get it for me because it cost more than a hundred dollars and it seemed like a very expensive joke and now you don't have to ask me why we're not a couple anymore anyway enough about me and the sour cream gun that I will never own let's talk about Taco Bell I called up Matt Prince, Taco Bell's senior public relations manager and unofficial historian.
2: I think back to when I was a little child and they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. It was always Taco Bell historian. So I think I've, I've followed that path pretty well.
0: I used to have a boss here at the radio station that I work at who called me Rachel Taco Bell. And every time I write Taco Bell, I spell it like my last name. I write Taco, B-E-L-L-E. And I'm telling you this because Taco Bell is named after someone. Taco Bell is named after the company's founder, Glenn Bell.
2: Yeah, so Glenn Bell was uh, a pretty amazing guy, an entrepreneur at heart. Um, His story, I think we can probably start when he served in uh, World War II. Uh, He was a Marine and he served on the USS Rochambeau. And on that ship, he served as basically a cook and a waiter. And and so that's really where he learned how to cook. That's where he learned about food supply, numbers, service, all of those things kind of that he would later help him in um, producing restaurants.
0: After Glenn Bell left the Marines, he came home and opened his first business, a hot dog stand called Bella's Drive-In in San Bernardino the same city where McDonald's opened its first restaurant.
2: And he did that for a couple of years. He ended up selling it, opened up a new stand, and that sold hot dogs and hamburgers. That stand eventually went on to sell tacos over the course of a couple of years. It was across the street from a family-owned Mexican restaurant. And Glenn really fell in love with the food and the culture. And I think one of the, the best stories that we've heard from Glenn uh, that he's told that it is the first taco that he sold, he put on the menu for 19 cents. And the gentleman came up, and asked for a taco. He didn't even know how to pronounce it. That was kind of the overall feeling of, of Mexican food in the time. There really wasn't a lot of knowledge. So for him to kind of bring it in and, and make it more available was something that he was really passionate about. And, and, and so he did that.
0: But Matt wants to be clear. Taco Bell is not claiming to serve authentic Mexican cuisine.
2: We try to be really careful to ensure that we're especially now more than ever this is not of course strict Mexican cuisine. Um, The cheesy gordita crunch is not something your abuelita is going to be making in the family kitchen and we understand that we want to make sure that we're respectful of that but I think at the time in 1962 and even into the 70s 80s that for a lot of people was their first foray into Mexican inspired food even up until the 70s there were actually pronunciations underneath the menu items. So you can actually see it's taco or burrito because, again, people had not seen them in a lot of places before.
0: But back to the Taco Bell timeline, Glenn opened a Mexican-inspired place called Taco Tia, and then after a few years, he closed that and he opened up El Taco And then he closed that down and you're like, oh, my God, when is he just going to when is he going to open Taco Bell?
2: Then by 1962, he opened up a restaurant called Taco Bell. 1965 had the first franchisee and then it grew from there. But the first restaurant in 1962 was about the size of a two car garage. Uh, We love and call it numero uno. Um, It was operating in Downey, California up until the mid 80s.
0: In the mid 80s, Taco Bell left the building and many other restaurants occupied that space over the years until the building was set to be demolished in 2014.
2: And we ended up saving the building a week before it was to be demolished and raised the building from its foundation, put it on a flatbed truck and drove it from Downey to our headquarters in Irvine, where it currently sits.
0: Okay, so earlier, Rose mentioned the Taco Bell Hotel, which is a real thing. But unfortunately, it was kind of a one-off weekend.
2: We launched this last year. It was hot. It was in Palm Springs. We had about 70 rooms that we took over at a local hotel. And everything from the soap to the wallpaper to the pillows to the pool was themed out Taco Bell and redone and reskinned. Synchronized swimmers with hot sauce packet the swimsuits. Room service was all Taco Bell. Yeah, And we had about, I'd say, close to 400 folks come through over. Over the six-day period, it sold out within two minutes by the time we put it up for availability. So that's pretty much Beyonce levels of, of sellout times. You can get your nails done with Taco Bell art. You can get a fade put into your hair, which I did. Um, and if anyone's wondering, it takes about three weeks for a fade to, to com- completely grow in. So I had the Taco Bell logo etched in my head for my daughter's preschool orientation, which was great.
0: The hotel was temporary, but you can always have a taco bell wedding
2: is true in the taco bell cantina in las vegas you can get married in as little as four hours you can order a taco bell wedding off the menu the same way you would a cheesy gordita crunch and in four hours as little as four hours you can have the officiant be there you get swag you get a cinnabon delight cake you get tacos of course you get baja blast you get uh, everything you need to have an amazing wedding And we launched that, and it did so well that we actually had to expand the space and provide a larger space for the weddings because we ended up doing so many. It's been running now for, I want to say, two years, and we've done close to 200 weddings, and it's been pretty spectacular.
0: What is the most popular menu item?
2: Most popular menu item, big surprise, is just the original crunchy taco. Um, Number two, number three are the bean and cheese burrito. And then the soft taco is another of the top three. Beyond the basics, you get into other creativity like the Doritos Locos taco is in the top five um as well as things like the cheesy gordita crunch which is my personal favorite.
0: That's my favorite too.
2: Oh, it's so good. What you have to do is you have to get a Doritos Locos Taco inside the cheesy gordita crunch. That's the that's the secret.
0: Why am I just finding this out now years after I mostly stopped eating fast food? If you have a special off-menu order, I want to hear about it. Send me a message on Instagram to Your Last Meal Podcast. Okay, time for a break, but when we come back Rose shares the reoccurring dream she has about a particular carbohydrate. We'll be right back. An actor for decades, Rose just released her first album, Called Planet Nine. I read that you said that you're kind of done with Hollywood, rightfully so, after the traumatic experiences that you've had. Um, and you s- described yourself as a multimedia artist, writer, and thought leader. Is this kind of a transition to move away from Hollywood TV film? Absolutely. You know, and I, I think I had to
1: kind of burn it down and, and destroy it before I could be free to be who I wanted to be because I remember. Th- right around the time Lindsay Lohan made an album back in the day, I was like, it was right around the time I wanted to make an album. And I was like, Nope, can't. Um, because it would just not be understood or perceived correctly. And, and my work, I take very seriously and I put a lot of thought and and effort into it. And, um, A lot of complexity goes into it, you know, detailed sound design and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, oh, my God, I'll be perceived like Lindsay Lohan or Russell Crowe, like an actor that's trying to sing. And I'm, I'm not really. I'm trying to offer kind of a more immersive healing experience. Definitely not trying to be a pop star.
0: She named the album Planet Nine after her childhood imaginary friend, or I guess imaginary planet. You know, like when you
1: create an imaginary friend or world or universe for yourself to live in when you're younger, as life goes on, we tend to kind of forget about it. And then six years ago, astronomers you know, I'm just watching the news. And all of a sudden, they found and named it Planet Nine. And I just thought, what? And that's what demoted Pluto, even though I think they put it back because of popular demand, but we all know it's not real. Planet Nine is the planet. And I know this is like a weird jump, but I was like, maybe I'm strange, but I was like, I need to make music for my planet, obviously. And so that's what I set about to do.
0: You wrote on the website that you're not going to tour it, Um, you're making it more for an experience, and there are actually instructions on the website, you know, lay down, close your eyes, kind of a meditating process. Can you describe how you want your album to be consumed?
1: Right. The first consumption, I really highly recommend that people do lay on their backs, um, shut their eyes, preferably, you know, in the evening and just get comfortable. And it's 38 minutes long. I personally have never been able to meditate. I've done it twice in 20 years, five minutes each time. I can't sit. Sound makes me more meditative, certain sounds. And I just thought, I could make a really amazing piece of art that could heal me and did and help me stay sane during, you know, some of the hardest times of my life. And a a lot of which the public saw. And right now, like, honestly, I was sitting here and I was like, I think now's the time to release Planet Nine because if we can't travel outside, we can travel
0: inside. That's deep, man. Yeah, man. (laughs) Super deep. I kind of go there. (laughs) To go out on a food-related note... I used to have dreams about bread and
1: like imagine like bread chasing after me like pieces of it trying to squish me and I start running through this field and there's like one piece standing up kind of hopping after me and I look at the crest above of that one bread and now there's all these slices running for me or hopping however bread moves.
0: Have you tried to analyze it and think about what it means?
1: No I just think it's kind of funny because it's actually like not a nightmare as much that it is like kind of don't get squished, but I, I tend to have worse dreams than that and have for a long time. I like bread. Maybe that's it. I once fell asleep with a slice of bread under my pillow. So maybe that's it.
0: <laughs> of course, that's it. It's infiltrating your dreams. And maybe yeah. the bread is trying to get revenge on you because it's like, stop squishing us in your mouth or we're going to squish you. Yeah, maybe this is
1: the bread's revenge. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the name of a good movie. The bread's revenge. Uh huh. Carbs are coming back. Carbs.
1: Now, in a theater near you.
0: In a world where nobody eats carbs. In a world
1: where no one eats carbs, (laughs) the bread will rise.
0: Ooh,
1: that's the yeast that we could do. Snaps. Uh
0: All right, lady. Okay, I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. Take care. Thanks, Rachel. Enjoy your Mexican adventure. Thank you. Bye. And that was Rose McGowan's last meal.
1: go to McDonald's in almost every country I go to, even India. So it's all vegetarian. And it was interesting. In Hong Kong, the buns were black. And in Istanbul, the buns were kind of sweet.
0: You can find a link to her new album, Planet Nine, in the show notes. Thanks to Matt Prince, Taco Bell's unofficial historian and official king of public relations.
2: I eat Taco Bell very frequently, typically about four times a week. So, my typical go to order was my cheese gordita crunch, substitute the regular taco for a Doritos Locos taco, shredded chicken burrito, cinnamon twists, and call it a day.
0: This episode was produced by Laura Scott. Do you have an official Taco Bell order? I don't. You're canceled. <laughs> And the theme music <laughs> for this episode is by Prom Queen. Follow Your Last Meal podcast on Instagram. And if you're feeling nice today, write us a little review or just give us five stars. And before we go, I just have to play a couple more of these Taco Bell orders because I don't know how I worded my request, but there were a couple people who thought that they were supposed to act and play the role of somebody going through an actual drive through Hi, can I get a bean burrito with no onion, add guacamole and a Mexican pizza and lots of fire sauce? One soft taco,
1: one hard taco, and one nachos and one Diet Coke. Yes, just chips and cheese.
0: I love you, Jamie. I love you, Tiffany. You are excellent actors. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal. This I can't believe this. I'm canceled. That I know. sucks. You don't even know what taco bell is. <laughs> $100. More than $100. It's, it's just a squirt gun. Can you just put the sour cream in? Like, How dare you. A it's water a water gun. <laughs> no, it's like an industrial metal gun. I can't picture this. You have to have a license. Well, google it. I'll google it. Yeah, google it.